Welcome to the enchanting world of nursery rhymes, where childhood memories and timeless tales intertwine. Join us on the A Tisket Tasket podcast as we embark on a delightful journey through the rich history and captivating origins of beloved nursery rhymes. Tune in for an exploration that will delight nursery rhyme enthusiasts and folklore aficionados alike. And now your host, Gina. Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of the Tisket Tasket Podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and today we are going to be talking about the nursery rhyme, Oats, Peas, Beans, and Barley Grow. But first, just a reminder, please check out my website at atiskettasketpodcast.com, link in the description, to see how you can help me get out to Portland, Oregon, November 1st through the 4th this year to speak at the American Folklore Conference. Oh my goodness, it is coming up quickly and I am not ready, but I sure am excited. Also on the website, you can see my blog where I keep my reference lists and sometimes illustrations based on the nursery rhyme, as well as a bunch of other interesting information about my episodes. So please check that out. Today, we are talking about the nursery rhyme, Oats, Peas, Beans, and Barley Grow. And I got to tell you, it was a really difficult one to research, even though it was one that I heard of before. And it took me quite a while to dig up some audio recordings, but I did. And it took me even longer to dig up the history of this nursery rhyme. I just realized I made a farming-based pun there, and I totally did not mean to. But what I can tell you right now is that Oats, Peas, Beans, and Barley Grows has a round folk song index number of 1,380. What I found most interesting when I was researching this was how little really is out there about this nursery rhyme compared to how prevalent it is as far as how often I found it in audio version. When I was researching, I really just found the following, and this appears on a website called nacademia.com, which is not what I would consider a super academic source, but is the, really the best source I have. It doesn't appear in Opie and Opie's The Oxford English Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes, which is surprising because it is a British from the UK nursery rhyme. So here's what I have about it. It says, the two normally used for oats, peas, beans, and barley grow goes by the name Baltimore and appears in Joshua Cushing's book, The Pfeiffer's Companion, 1790, which I did find evidence for. The sleeve notes to The Wild Mountain Time, another book, claim that the tune was written by John Playford, 1650. Now, I am going to try to see if I can find more here because I have talked about John Playford before and I referenced John Playford's The Dancing Master, which appeared in, I think, the late 16th century that early. And when I talk about John Playford here, I'm assuming it's not one person but it's the name the author or editors went by. And we've talked about like different Johns. We I've talked about different Johns in nursery rhyme research or different names that mean different occupations. And so what I'm assuming here is that John Playford is the pseudonym of an editor or whatnot who 
worked on these pamphlets that would have dancing instructions and a usually like sheet music for a piano or whatnot. And so it very well could have appeared in John Playford's The Dancing Manuals or The Dancing Masters from around the mid-17th century, but I have not found firsthand evidence of this. The website goes on to say that according to Alice Bertha Gom, in the Traditional Games of England, Scotland, and Ireland, published in 1894, this is a play song in which children perform actions with the song Standing in a Ring. Now, whenever I went to go look in Gom's book, which you could find free on Project Gutenberg, which is a really awesome site, I could not find it anywhere. Like this, it's like this nursery room doesn't exist. It's so strange. In Notes and Queries, 7th Century, number 7, published 1870, no authors given, it is discussed, but the Columbia State University website claims that the earliest known versions of the words is dated from 1898. And again, this is from GOM. But, again, I cannot find any evidence about this. And so I posit it to you guys. If you want to do research and you want to contribute in any way to this podcast, I encourage you to look and see because going back from what I've learned from researching nursery rhymes, it very well could have been an oral tradition song passed down by what children knew, and that is planting staple crops, which are oats, peas, beans, and barley. And so it doesn't take much imagination at all to see that this is a nursery rhyme that could have been passed down and help children learn the staple agricultural crops that they were most likely eating. And it specifically has a stanza, which I'll read here in a minute, that invites children to play or dance. So it very well could have appeared in Playford's manual as a dancing game. The one thing that does appear frequently are lyrics to this, and it's really hard not to sing it because it's just a catchy tune. But I will go ahead and play some recordings. But here are the lyrics of Oats and Beans and Barley Grow. Oats and beans and barley grow, oats and beans and barley grow. Do you or I or anyone know how oats and beans and barley grow? First the farmer plants the seed, stands up tall and takes his ease, stamps or some in cases stabs his feet and claps his hand and turns around to view his land. Now, these have actions to them, right? There's a chorus to instruct listeners on how to play along. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Can you or I or anyone know how oats, peas, beans, and barley grow? Waiting for a partner, waiting for a partner, open the ring and take one in while we all gladly dance and sing. So to me, it sounds like what you'd hear like a traditional square dance where the caller or whoever is singing i guess or 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 announcing the dance announces when to move and we have seen through this podcast through john playford that some of these earlier dances that teach women or teach others how to dance will instruct dancers on how to move so for me it does seem likely that this could come from a john playford book but again i i can't find it anywhere but I do, I do want to play two different audio versions for you today. The first one is from the Victor Military Band in Mari Hoffer from 1912. 
and it's Victoria Records. It's great. It's a wonderful old military march of this nursery rhyme. So let's go ahead and listen to it now. And you can hear how the lyrics could very easily go along to the tune. The second one is an old favorite as far as me using on the podcast. And that is good old Uncle Don. And he's just a happy fellow, happy character. And this is from, this is from 1944 through Sonora Records. And this is Uncle Don singing to you, Oats, Peace, Beans, and Barley Grow. I like that one. Oh, say, do you know another one called... Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Well, let's get all set for that one then. We'll do that one next. Here we go. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Can you or I or anyone know? Oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. Waiting for a partner. Waiting for a partner. Open the ring and bring one in while we gaily dance and sing. Here's the farmer sowing seeds. Thus he stands and takes his ease, stamping his foot and clapping his hand, turns around and views his lands. Tra-la-la-la-la-la, tra-la-la-la-la-la. Stamping his foot and clapping his hands, he turns around and views his lands. And here we have the traditional, uh, the lyrics as well as the chorus added in, which I really think is a nice touch. But again, I can't find it anywhere, everyone. I can't. But I guess, I mean, I guess the only thing I can really say is even if we look at the lyrics, it doesn't really give us more to go on. Sometimes when I research this podcast, like, I'll really fall down a rabbit hole where I'll, like, look up agricultural practices of, like, the 16th century to see if that would, can give me, like, a sign of where this originated. But the lyrics are so generic. Oats, peas, beans, and barley are such staple grains, or such staple, I guess they're not all grains, but such staple crops that it's really hard to tell where geographically this came from and when it came from. 
And the lyrics really talks about agricultural practices. So we know that it has to do with something sometime after basic agro agricultural practices came into being because we have a farmer sowing and standing and the original lyric says he stabs his foot and what i'm assuming that means is that he stabs his pitchfork down he doesn't like stab his foot like in a gross horrific manner but he's stabbing his pitchfork down into the ground and viewing his land he's talking about the nursery rhyme talks about sowing watering hoeing and harvests these are all like very generic agricultural practicing terms and therefore it doesn't give us a good idea of like i said geographic region or time now a quick search to guess to go into it is if you google (laughs) when barley and oats were a staple crop in the uk you get a really you get a lot of research but one pieces of research I found was a book called Farm Production in England Between 1700 and 1914. It's edited by M.E. Turner et al. And there's a chapter, chapter number five, called Barley and Oats. And it's written by Turner, and Beck- Turner, Beckett, and Afton. And the abstract says, this chapter does for barley and oats what the previous chapter did for wheat. Spoiler alert, chapter four is about wheat. And it more or less reinforces that the new findings about the timing of agricultural revolution. But it also allows a wider appreciation of farm output to emerge based on proper measurements rather than estimates and to bring the argument an added approach based on productivity. Output is usually measured as grain crop per acre, but this misses out on all the important input of seed or what we call the seeding rate, from which a new measure of productivity based on output per unit or input can be assessed. This shows that not only were grain yields improving over time, but they improved at the same time as inputs were reduced. This reinforces both the timing of the agricultural revolution and also its magnitude in meeting the extra food needs of the parallel industrial and demographic revolutions. So if you really want to be Sherlock Holmes, you can read about industrial farming practices from 1700 and 1914. And perhaps that might give a further insight. However, this researcher who does this on a weekly basis can't give more information than that. And I have to tell you, this is probably the most disappointed I've been as far as what I found. Because I really did expect to find more. The history of it, at least, or... A better understanding of it and it I don't know I'm, I'm just sad this week but I wanted to do another episode based on um, harvest time because it is September here and in the northern hemisphere it's a big harvest time in which you might be sowing your oats peas beans and barley so yeah join me next week where I'll continue to talk about fun and interesting nursery rhymes hopefully another harvest themed one And for the month of October, I'm trying to find spooky-related nursery rhymes. But Halloween, because I have time to talk about on this episode, because I don't have much information to give you. So Halloween wasn't really practiced as this huge cultural movement or movement until, like, 1950s America. And 
this is me not going into like the Celtic and Samhain practices of like ancient or, or antiquity. And so I don't know why I was surprised when I couldn't find nursery rhymes on Halloween. But like when we're thinking about these culturally cultural shifts, Halloween didn't become like this huge booming capitalistic, if you want to be satirical about it, movement until 1950s America. And which is a shame because I love Halloween for a lot of different reasons. But on in the month of October, before I leave, I will be doing probably four nursery rhymes that have to do with maybe death or darkness. And there are a surprising amount of nursery rhymes that cover death because, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, death was much more part of life and culture than it really is in the modern era. And infant mortality rate was extraordinarily high. And so, as I've mentioned, nursery rhymes are based on what children are experiencing, what nurses are experiencing, what the family's experiencing. And if you're seeing that every day, or I guess not every day, but if you're seeing this a lot in life, I, it kind of makes sense to me that, yeah, there's probably a nursery or cradle rhyme about it. So that's what's coming up on the podcast. I guess because I had time, I could fill you in. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, even though it disappointed me. I hope it didn't disappoint you. But in any case, stay tuned next week where I'll continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes. Thank you for listening to a Tisket Tasket podcast. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. If you found value in today's content, please share with others and consider leaving a review. Also, follow Gina on all social media platforms. And we'll see you next time.